Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about Season 5, Episode 20, Leo Unwrapped. As suggested by that title, um, this is the episode where Leo comes back to the mm-hmm. plot. As suggested by that title, but doesn't happen, this doesn't have anything to do with him not wearing condoms. Yeah, no. I mean, presumably, I guess. We know that he has sex this episode. Maybe they have sex without a condom. Maybe. Things to consider. He's also um, a present, I think is the point. Yes. The real point is that he's Grace's birthday present. Yes. So let's get into the episode description. That sounds great. Will attempts to surprise Grace for her birthday by sneaking Leo, guest star Harry Connick Jr., back from Africa. Back from Africa. Okay. Let's take a brief moment to discuss Leo's trip back from Africa because, again, it sort of seems like the show doesn't 100% know, A, where in Africa he was, or B, where Africa, the entire continent, <laughs> is. Yeah, they make, like, this big bit about how, like, he could have flown direct, but instead to save $100, Will has him, like, get on a camel and, like, go cross-country, and then... He flies over London at one point. Yeah, and then he gets on a boat to Mozambique, you know, and it's like... It, it doesn't make any sense. Also, again, he mentions being on 10 planes and it taking 30 hours. That's, like, a 10-hour flight. Max with several layovers. I mean, if he's having to go over London, that'll add some time. Right. I mean, I could see it maybe being like a 15-hour flight if, say, he flew from, like, the Democratic Republic of the Congo to London mm-hmm. to New York. That could be a long flight. But there's literally no way, even in the early 2000s, that it would take 10 planes, a camel, and a boat. <laughs> well, they talk about taking, like, 32 hours. Right. And that's just, like, clearly nonsense. Yeah. This is this is making 19 Hours to Zaire seem like way more <laughs> doable. The sequel to 19 Hours to Zaire, 32 Hours to New York City. <laughs> yeah, so that's really funny. But so basically, Will is the world's best friend this mm-hmm. episode. And so he pays a ton of money to have Leo come back early to surprise Grace for her birthday. And naturally, hijinks ensue. Yes. So I thought one thing that I really liked this episode was that there were a lot of like really tiny funny lines yes i was gonna say so because of the hijinks we have a lot of really great lines this episode Mm -hmm. and a lot of good physical comedy too yeah like at the very beginning of the episode we are reintroduced to chez jacques yes jacques is back uh they have a new menu they Um, have egos yes um karen puts some syrup on it by syrup i mean some sort of brown liquor that comes out of a flask probably whiskey probably whiskey but could be brandy who knows I, I have my notes. Um, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Karen is very excited about her we whiskey have pancakes. This moment in which um, all of them are sitting around going, hmm, mm-hmm, mm. and it's very funny. And Will comes out and makes fun of them, being like, "Wow, it must be nice to like only have two brain cells to rub together." But then Jack sticks a piece of ego in his mouth, and he's like, "Hmm," and it's beautiful. And there's just like lots of other little stuff too. Like there's a. Uh, moderately extended bit where Jack is, like, playing with a toy in an arcade and he plays with it, like, on camera for, like, yes. 30 seconds and then just throws it away. He's like, I'm bored and throws it away. And it's, like, um, one of those, like, um, monkey toys where you squeeze it and they're on a uh-huh. trapeze. So then the monkey does, the monkey like, spins. S- spins and does trapeze tricks. Yep. And, like, literally this is, like, an extended, like, 30 second bit where he's just playing with it and nothing else is happening on screen and then he's just like, I'm bored and chucks it. And there's, like, another bit where Will's robe is too short. Oh, my God. And then... Um, and he's trying to, like, make it happen. Right. He's wearing a shorty robe, and then Leo is giving him so much crap for the shorty robe. And then he has to dash back across the hall to Jax for some reason. And Jack's like, why is your robe so long? <laughs> Which just makes me think, what does Jack's robe look like? Is he just going, like, full balls out? I like, think the balls are out, yeah. Like, at this point, the robe is to cover the nips? Yes. Like, 
It's just to keep you warm while you're airing your delicates. Is that a thing? I mean, okay, this is going to sound really weird, so we're just going to roll with it. Okay. I don't have a penis or a scrotum. Right. So do you need to air that out? Is that like... Well, it certainly helps it dry, and it certainly helps reduce like any smell issues. I guess that makes sense. Um, We also see the reappearance of Will reading nude on the couch, which is apparently the thing he likes to do when he's alone. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know why either. That's pretty weird. I mean... I can't imagine ever reading nude on the couch, but I, also our apartment's very cold, so... It's winter here almost, so... Yeah, I mean, I, can't, I read nude sometimes, but that's normally like I'm in the bath. I probably like read nude if I like had previously slept nude and I'm still in bed and I don't want to get up yet. You sleep naked sometimes? Every once in a while. I just... Okay. Maybe- but usually I would probably put on some underwear before like doing any of that because I'd be like, oh, I'm awake now. And I'm naked. And I'm naked, right. I just don't ever sleep naked. Even if I, like, have someone over for the sex and then we sleep afterwards, I put clothes back on. Yeah, that's I'm true. I'm really uncomfortable with my nudity, I, feel I guess. Like oh, a... that was deep. Wow, that's heavy. <laughs> All right. I was going to go even deeper, and I was going to say that I feel like I would only sleep nude with someone who was either also sleeping nude or someone who I felt really comfortable with. Um, oh, no, I would never sleep nude at... I also make the other person put their clothes on. I think on. the other person also has to be nude if you're going to sleep nude. It's weird yeah. if you're if sleeping you're nude. If you're nude and they have clothes on, that's just weird. But, like, I feel like I wouldn't, like, if it was, like, a random hookup or if, like, we had just been on a couple dates, like, I wouldn't plan on sleeping nude. No. Even if they were sleeping nude. Like, there's no, like I a, also wouldn't let them sleep nude. Like, there's a I level have, of emotional intimacy there that's necessary. Like, the last person I dated, like, mm-hmm. we ha- would have sex and, and then I would put my underwear mm-hmm. and shirt back on and make them do the same because we are not sleeping naked. I like you just berating them, being like, no, you're putting your underwear on. It wasn't on. like a berating. It was like a, hey, you're sleeping at my house. You have to have clothing on. There's something to be said for, like, the physical intimacy of no. nude bodies touching. No. All right, that's for sex and only sex. <laughs> I just, okay, you don't understand. I have a very large chest. So right. those things flapping in the wind without any fabric to protect the skin on skin, I genuinely give myself rashes from having boobs. That's true. But also, that's because you want to be the little spoon. If you were the no. big spoon, the big, the little spoon would be supporting your I boobs. I literally never want to be the little spoon. Oh, really? No. You always complain when you're the, little, the big spoon. Well, I complain because you never want to be the big spoon with me. That's the only time I care. <laughs> Clearly, uh, my relationship with you is far more intimate than any guy that I might have a relationship with otherwise. Okay, well then. And then girls are always just like, I don't want to be the little spoon. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> being the big spoon is better, ultimately, because you're not like being strangled. On the other hand, you have emotional support. I can emotionally support myself. <laughs> can you? Yes. Let's move on. Okay. For the kids any more sad tests. So basically, Will has a shorty robe. And probably. <laughs> and we all learned a lot about Tess. And Matthew. <laughs> um, I thought that, to get back to the plot of the episode. No, oh, yeah, the thing um, we're talking about. <laughs> I thought this was actually a pretty good utilization of Leo. Yes. Only because it, Leo just gets completely made fun of for the entire episode. Right. Like, I personally thought Leo himself as a character was a huge D-bag the entire Oh, absolutely episode. a D-bag, yeah. But it was really nice to consist... Sorry, the Alexa just went off and we said D-bag. <laughs> um, but he he's a douche the entire episode, but it's really nice to see him be treated like he's a douche. Yes, it's interesting. Like, the show... And maybe it's just for one episode only, but because it's had this long extended plot line where Leo keeps being in Africa, even though he clearly shouldn't be for his marriage... Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of flipped, and now he's at minimum an ambivalent character. Right. So, like, 
sometimes he's mean to the other characters and then is immediately punished for it. Right. That doesn't even happen most of the time in Will and Grace. Right, but it's kind of nice to see it happen with Leo. Right. I'm very much about this punish the straights trope. Right, like there's this whole recurring bit where he got some orange juice on his clothes and it hasn't dried yet. Yes. But then he keeps going around New York and trying to like... So basically the short version of what happens is that Will tells him he has to stay there. Because he doesn't want to ruin the surprise for Grace. Right. So he goes home to change because he can't listen to Will. Uh-huh. And runs into Grace. And they... They have sex. Yes. But then Grace decides she needs Leo to go back to Will's apartment. Because so she's th- so happy that Will wanted to surprise her. Right. So she's keeping the surprise. So she throws orange juice on him. Yes. Because in the meantime, Leo had changed his clothes. And so then she right. throws orange juice on Leo. So then he has orange juice on his crotch. And then, of course, the same thing happens at Will's. So then Will decides to keep the secret. So Grace thinks that she's... Oh, God, so confusing. Okay, it's... And I do this a lot in the episode, which is really funny. But it's... um, Will decides that he and Leo are going to pretend that Will doesn't know that Grace already knows that Leo is there. So that he can let her... Let him surprise her. Yes. With Leo. So he throws more orange juice on Leo's crotch. Right. Which, again, is just very satisfying. It's just a really good utilization of Leo because, like, he's just the butt of the joke. Yes. He's the worst. And, like, we see why these characters still have him in their lives... But we also see how the show is kind of setting it up so that it's not a surprise when he eventually isn't in their lives. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, for someone who is Grace's husband, it does say a lot that it's Grace's best friend who gets him to come home early for her birthday. Mm-hmm. It's not Leo's own choice. He and was... especially since Will doesn't really like Leo. Yeah. And it's very clear in this episode. Right. And I think that that's something that is kind of like unspoken about how touched both Will and Grace are by each other's actions in letting Will surprise Grace, even after the whole surprise is spoiled, mm-hmm. is that I really think this episode has nothing to do with Leo. Yeah. like Leo is literally an object. He's the present. It's very interesting because Grace is really excited to see Leo when she sees Leo. But as soon as she finds out how he got home, she's, she's really happy that Will got her that gift. Right. And it never really moves from that pivot. Yeah. It, it's, like, at no point does she ever get excited about Leo being there again. Now she's like, oh my gosh, my friend really le- cares about me. We have to make this okay for him. Right. And so then the entire focus becomes, again, on Will and Grace's relationship. And frankly, that's really smart of this show. Yeah. It's a much more intellectual twist than I think we expected. Right. And given the last couple episodes. Right. Also, it just kind of touches at the emotional touchstone of the of the entire show, mm-hmm. which is that Will and Grace have this amazing friendship. Yeah. And they would do shit like fly each other's spouses 30 hours across the globe, possibly twice. Even if they didn't like that spouse. Yeah. Like, Will doesn't really like Leo. Neither of them is very happy to be stuck in Will's apartment all day. That's right. why Leo leaves in the first place. Right. Um, there's also a lot of Leo's just casually catty comments that are vaguely on the homophobic side of things, which you know how much we love. Yeah. It's just, it, they have a very poor relationship. But he, Will's willing to do it for Grace. Yes. Because he's her friend and he knows that that will make her happy. Right. And that's adorable. That's really great. And I think this is one thing Matthew and I were really talking about is that this episode sort of completes an arc that's been happening kind of in the background of the show for this entire season, Mm -hmm. which is Will and Grace's relationship is pretty fucking damaged by the fact that they decide not to have a baby together. Yep. And they really haven't until this point been over it, really. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's still a lot of hurt feelings there. Yeah. And the show never has them talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine in the next couple episodes that they're all of a sudden going to pull out that plot line again because they very clearly jettisoned it. Right. But by the very nature of introducing Leo into the dynamic, 
what you kind of get is you get the effect of them not talking about it and it being a wedge in their friendship mm-hmm. without the writers actually writing that plot line in. Right. They don't consistently come back to it. Instead, it's sort of this unspoken thing. Yeah. And we sort of see it a little bit in the episode from a few weeks back, Homojo, mm-hmm. um, where Will and Grace kind of realize that they've sort of lost the spark in their relationship. Right. And we see them kind of working towards getting it back without, again, addressing this big problem. Mm-hmm. But I think it really does kind of speak to this sort of healing that's happening in their friendship that Will flies Leo across the world yep. for Grace. Will flies the person who ruined their future together in his mind mm-hmm. into the picture to make her happy. Yeah. And that's a big fucking deal. That's a huge deal. And it's so interesting because I think I think we in the show are identifying a different cause to the same effect. Mm-hmm. Like, we're identifying, like, their relationship is estranged because of this thing with the uh, baby and to a lesser extent, Grace picking this man over Will. Mm-hmm. Whereas the show is like, well, they naturally grew apart because they got she got married and they and moved to happened. a different part of town and like they lost their mojo. It's like no, like no that you wrote these great reasons for their relationship to fall apart. Yeah, you wrote it. You just it was own like, it. Yeah, it's kind of like when you see a student write an awesome kick-ass thesis, but mm-hmm. then all their supporting paragraphs don't support that thesis. They hinted it. They right. get so close, and you're just like, I just need you to have that one sentence at the end that ties it all. Be like, bam! But like, and then Will and Grace like lands the conclusion anyways. Yeah, they still stick the landing. It's very frustrating. I don't know the what to The middle of it. this essay is a goddamn disaster, but the <laughs> thesis and the conclusion are wonderful. It's pretty great. And, yeah. And it's also just like a... Really strong episode. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Jack and Karen that much, but, but they... are equally integral. They are equally integral, and it's a really good example of what happens when Will and Grace chooses not to have a B-plot for the sake of a B-plot. Yeah, and instead they kind of, like, make an offshoot of the A-plot for mm-hmm. Karen and Jack, and it's super funny. Right, because the A-plot doesn't actually really last the whole episode, mm-hmm. because eventually, like, they have the party, and Will and Grace both realize what's happened, and they're like... Aw, you got me, my husband. And then you pretended like you didn't know. And, like, it's very, like, gift of the magi, except everyone's happy at the end. Right. Except, here's the thing. (laughs) Jack and Karen got involved. Jack and Karen got involved. And partway through, they decide they want to surprise Will and Grace. Right. So they kidnap Leo. Yes. So, like, at the very end, like... Will thinks that Leo's in the hall, and Grace thinks that Leo's in the hall. And then they go out into the hall. And he's not there. And then Karen and Jack are, like, giggling hilariously. And then they're like, well, we both were so excited that you both wanted to have Grace be surprised, so we decided to give you a real surprise. (laughs) And they're like, what did you do with Leo? And they're like, we don't know! And so it sounds like they basically put him in Karen's limo and then kicked him out on Mm -hmm. the side of the row. Yep. So they're like, there's like, Five, ten minutes of the episode is just them looking, like, through the streets of rural New York for Leo. Leo. And they find him. And he has not had a good time of it. No, apparently a very aggressive bear was trying to mate with him. Mm -hmm. Because of the orange juice, question mark. Well, there was also some comment about the orange juice resulting in honey on his crotch. Was that what it was? I'm not sure. Honestly, I think... Honestly made it sound like the bears were attracted to the orange juice, and that's not how that works. Honestly, I really wasn't sure just based on the show we were watching if it was a literal bear or if it was a gay bear. That's a good point. Leo would be equally afraid of both. Yes, but so then they all have cake in the limo and it's happy ever after. Yeah, like it's just this is a really strong episode considering it has Leo so prominently. So good work, Will and Grace. Yeah, they finally did it. They made an episode that features Leo heavily that we actually liked. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's really weird and I love it. I feel like we should find something to complain about. (laughs) Um... Yeah, no, I don't have anything. I, don't have I just anything. it was a good episode. Um, yeah. 
We've got some good one-liners. Mm-hmm. We've got Jack and Karen. Well, and it shows how you could keep Leo in the mix as a long-term character. And obviously, Leo is in the show going forward for a different amount, season by season, mm-hmm. that I do not know yet. Um, but it shows that you can have this character who's problematic without damaging the quality of the show or the type of humor it is. Yeah, you just kind of have to commit to acknowledging that Leo's kind of problematic and letting bad stuff happen to him. Right, like Leo has been presented in the earlier episodes as like very perfect and very um, much a replacement for Will. Right. And in this episode, we see how he's very clearly not a replacement for Will. Right, he literally can't compete with Will. Mm-hmm. Like, did he even get Grace anything for her birthday? Or I don't think he, so. Or was he the present? He could literally, like, he could have paid to go back early and surprise her. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Yeah. It never even thought it came into his mind. And right. Will, without, without any reason to... Spent a bunch of his money mm-hmm. to bring his best friend's husband over from Africa, even though it took 32 hours. And a camel in a boat. And a camel in a boat. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that really speaks volumes about the, the emotional core of the show, which is that Grace and Will have this intense friendship. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And literally no fucking boy can compete. Yeah. So there. On the other hand, if you we were in the same situation, I wouldn't pay for your husband. Oh my god! Out. If my husband left for Africa, I would have divorced him. Yeah, right. Okay. I just mean like I think it would be a pretty clear understanding that hey, if um if we just got married and we've only been married for four months, you're not leaving the country for an equal amount of time unless you're taking me with you. <laughs> I mean, I would have paid the money to have his thirty-two hour flight be a thirty-two hour flight instead of the normal. What did we decide it was? Like 15, 18 hours straight through? That's even with a layover in London. It's like 10 hours. <laughs> tops. Like, no. 10 hours times too short. From Africa? I'm pretty sure we Googled this, though. Didn't we Google this last Yeah, time? I think that was like the fastest plane alive. All right. Well, right. um, I think that's everything we have this episode. Matthew, do you have anything else to add? I do not. Do you want to tell people where they can find us on social media? Well, I could add that, I guess. All right. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter... You can find us at Not A Couple Show. We're also on Facebook and on Tumblr. You can always send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on Podbean and iTunes. Yeah. Well, thank you all so very much for listening. And we will see you next week with more Will and Grace. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Eliza. We love you. This week's episode is brought to you by 32 Hours Back from Zaire, the hit sequel to 19 Hours to Zaire. The only thing that takes longer than time traveling back in time is time traveling back from back in time. <laughs>